I've had the privilege of being in and around banking for more than 50 years. Lots of changes during that time. We've gone from ledgers to laptops, typewriters to technology. One thing, however, remains the same. Banking is a people business, and I'll be talking with those people that make banking great here on Jack Rats with Modern Bankers. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday. Hi, Bryn. Hi, Jack. This is my favorite subject that we're talking about today. Well, it is a good subject, and I want to I want to talk to you. We haven't rehearsed this, but I want to talk to you about something in a second about related to to what I'm seeing around connections, et cetera. But I wanted to tell everybody first that uh, yesterday's program uh, that was with Anthony in Reno, uh, dealing with his uh, brand new book, The Negativity Fast, was really one of our most popular programs, have had a lot of great comments on it. Um, and I just want to let you know, when we talk about the public library and joining it, every, uh, you know, when we talk about it every week, it's free. And that program is going to be in the public library. So if you want to see any of the past programs, feel free to do that. So here's something I'm noticing, Bryn, and it has to do with today's topic, building uh, and nurturing a strong LinkedIn network. One of the things I'm seeing a lot, and this happens in banking all the time, is I'm seeing new people joining new banks. Uh, my first three mm -hmm. connections are moving banks. And that is a big signal to me to be able to reach out, obviously, and thank them or c congratulate mm -hmm. them. But it's also something where, well, what happened to that bank over there? Did they replace them? And let's put this out of banking for a second. One of the things you've always talked about is if a new CFO goes to a particular company, you find out about it. Obviously, you want to congratulate them. But what about that other company? They're going to get a new CFO, too. So. We, we can talk about this now or we can do it later, but I think that has something to do with what's going on right now in a timely way around connections. So I feel like we're starting in the middle, but what the heck? Let's start in the Let's middle. Um, yeah, so, so one of the most powerful ways to nurture our connections is to keep up to date with what they're doing. Uh, and in, in LinkedIn, in the, um, the, the My Network tab, have it open probably there is a catch-up tab and the catch-up has anniversaries birthdays change jobs so change jobs is absolutely one of my favorite ways to keep up with my network and and when you're keeping up with your network you have the opportunity to nurture them and to stay in front of them but you're right i mean we're going right for the opportunity in this conversation um, there are two opportunities with every change job. Absolutely. Well, and, and LinkedIn has really helped us to your point with the new celebrations tab. And one of the things I've done with your guidance is to, um, uh, bookmark it so that, uh, when I can, I can go to it every day now and see what's going on. So, um, well, you know, the funny thing is I hesitated because it's not celebrations anymore. It's catch up. So I almost said celebrations, but about a week ago, they changed celebrations to catch up. So that was my hesitation. Like I should have opened it because I was trying to think what the new name was. All the same thing, but the catch up is all of those celebrations. And, and take a look at what Neil Stanley says. Now, for those of you who don't know Neil Stanley, if you think about the word deposits, 
the, in the dictionary, Neil Stanley's picture is there. He knows more about generating and helping banks with deposit strategies than anybody else. It seems more that banks are intensifying expense reduction. We're finding that. I think this will cause many people to be more aware of their connections and emphasize their LinkedIn network. And I and I agree. And I hope they they emphasize the value in that as as well. But let's go back, Bryn. I kind of did start in the middle. But let's let's start talking about this this whole idea around building your network. You talk a lot about this. What are some strategies that we should be talking about? around building your network? Let's start there. Yeah, this is a great question. And um, I want you guys to start thinking about this as if this were your in-person real network, right? They're, these are still human beings, even if you're not shaking hands with them yet. So we don't wanna look at them as leads. When we look at them as leads, it comes across a little spammy, a little icky. So the first thing we want to do is treat the person on the other side of the message the same way we would if we were on the other side of the table. Mindset number one. Mindset number two, we need to slow down our outreach to speed up our outcome. This is not speed networking. This is social networking. So we will make it more personal. So I'm going to give you a perfect example of what's really, really broken. It, and I, I had a post on it. Our friend Jeb Blunt at Sales Gravy, who has published more than two dozen books. And every bank, by the way, that I go to, um, starting with now Citizens Was Investors Bank, huge boxes of his books in all of the branches because they use them as a, in a book club. And I remember taking a picture and sending him and he's like, oh yeah, that's cool. I'm like, this is awesome. You have book, like just anyway, amazing, amazing author, very prolific. Um, and he gets a pitch that says, hey Jeb, really like the content you're sharing. Have you considered writing a book? Something along those times. Like really? So, so this is, this is broken. This is everywhere because she didn't look at his content. She didn't look like nothing, did nothing except spam. So you cannot build a strong network that you're nurturing when literally you're spamming them. So these are some of the mindsets. The last mindset I'm going to throw out is detach from what that prospect is worth to you and attach to what you are worth to that prospect. When you nurture someone, it's for their benefit, not yours. So I want to repeat that. When you nurture someone, it's for their benefit, not yours. Jack, one of the reasons I... I'm so thrilled that you're my partner. And over the gazillion years that we've worked together and known each other and, you know, all those things, the one thing that kept me coming back to you, well, there's many things, but how trustworthy you are, how authentic you are, how I, I, I will say a banker and you know, their kids' names and their husband's birthday and they're, they're, you know, you, how 
like there you are authentically caring about the people in your network it's obvious and every outreach that you have is so personal to that person that's nurturing that's making them matter it's not about what you're going to get from it it's about the value that you can bring to them and that you care about them so i want to replicate that around as many bankers in the world that we can because it's that mindset that authentic relationship building authentic curiosity authentic i just really want to serve you is what creates the best bankers so that's that that's that mindset i know i kind of ranted a little bit you know i guess the ranting from i love it rant. i love them um so so like that's the mindset so how do we build and nurture a strong linkedin network number one do not go out and cold call and connect with everyone that looks like a lead. All that is, is walking into a networking meeting, walking around going, hi, I'm Bryn. Can I have your business card? Hi, I'm Bryn. Can I have your business card? Right. And then I go home and I grab a rubber band and I stick it you know, around my cards and I put it in the corner of my desk. That is not nurturing nor building relationships. It's collecting business cards. That is not what we want to do. What we want to do is slow it down. And if you work a good in-person networking meeting, you've had three or four strong conversations. Maybe you've talked to some other folks, but three or four strong, maybe even one or two that will convert or you know, the follow-up will be, we'll have coffee, we'll have another call. I'm looking forward to continuing our conversation, right? We want to keep in mind, those are the same people that we have on LinkedIn. So if you've got to slow it down and have real targeted conversations without your agenda at the top all of the time, it's just building rapport. We need to be authentic. There do not like connect and pitch because then that's about you. Okay, and the strong network is, are people that you're having conversations with. One of the biggest mistakes, and I'm going to tell you, I'm guilty of this from a long time ago. I stopped. But in the beginning, I was a LinkedIn open networker. I really, you know, I mean, this is 10, 12 years ago, 14 years ago. I'm like, yeah, let's, yeah, absolutely. Let's connect. Let's build a bit. I don't know these people. Some of them are in Australia or, and we mostly work with US banks, Canada, sure. But I've got people all over the world that they just asked me to connect and I said, yes, I don't know who they are. So we need an authentic, uh, really approach to LinkedIn where we are slowing it down and connecting with people. If they've engaged with your content and reached out and said, they really like your content, that's fine, they know who you are. There's a purpose. So it's not like they all have to fit your, your ideal, your ICP, your ideal customer profile, but there has to be some engagement there. You can't build a strong network with people that you don't know. So we, we, we need to engage as, as authentically as possible. If you have a new connection, start a conversation. I'd rather you have 
one new connection today with a conversation started than 10 that you're ignoring. Yeah. So, so, so here, here, let me, I'll jump in and, and, and give you a couple of thoughts. Uh, certainly first, Neil, um, uh, in the soundbite world, few people take time to really understand the situation before throwing out pitches. Um, think of the Max Planck chauffeur test. I mean, put a link into it. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know it. I'll check it out. out. Um, yeah, I think Neil's right. We do get a lot of people reaching out to us for a variety of reasons. And one of the things people don't understand is um, uh, you can reply to a LinkedIn connection request and you do this really well. So since Neil brought this up, talk about the reply. So I get a, I get a LinkedIn request from somebody, I don't know, from a bag of donuts, and, uh, mm -hmm. but they may be close to banking, um, but I'm not sure. I can reply, Bryn, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and this is a big deal, right? Like I think the, there's three options. The first option is I can ignore them completely. The second option is I can accept their connection and hopefully send a little welcome message and we could talk about that. But the third one that you're talking about is reply before accepting. And I find this to be really valuable. When you are on um, your invitation, so you're in the uh, my network and you're under people, when you click on there, you'll see ignore, accept, and then a message button at the bottom. So I will often, if I'm on the fence, um, sometimes it's just people from other countries that I typically don't work with or someone that might have seven connections and I'm eight. That's a little fishy to me. Like there are some people and I'll reply, thank you so much for your connection request. Typically, I only connect with people that I've engaged with. May I ask how you found me? I And then I ignore. They are now in my inbox because I sent a message when they accept, when they reply, they're in my inbox, even though they're not a first degree connection. And every once in a while, they'll come back and, and it makes sense for me to connect with them. And at that point, I will, there's a little check mark at the top and I click that and we are now connected. So um, really you, I really do believe you need to respond to 99% of these people. There are some people I know, like if they're in, I don't know, Turkey, although I, I, I've been to Turkey and I love Turkey and I want to go back because Ephesus is the most amazing place in the world, but I just picked them as a country and, and you have seven connections and I'm number eight. It's a little iffy, right? Why are we connected? Sometimes I'll just ignore. There are times, sometimes I get like the King of Jordan wants to connect with me. I'm like, mm. So I'll ignore this, but 95% of the time I'm sending that reply message. So Fred has a little comment here. Yeah. So, uh, you want to, so love the message. Curious, what are your thoughts or techniques for pruning your connections? People who may have made sense to connect five or 10 years ago. I have a pretty standard way of doing this. And I have to tell you, this is something that I have to do on a continual basis because I hit my 30,000 connections which is the max you can be connected. So for me to connect with new people, I have to prune. I have to get rid of people. So 
there are a few things that I do. I will find folks. Um, so you can go into your, you can export your LinkedIn connections and go back to the like people that I connected with in uh, 2005, I think is when I got on, right? Like, and, and I can start looking at those names. And now, by the way, when you export your connections, you get a link to their profile. So I can click through and look. And then I go, gosh, I have not had a conversation. I can look at my message thread if there has been. And I will send a message that says, um, Fred, looks like we connected 10 years ago, yet we've never had a conversation. I'm curious, are you a networker and are you interested in learning about one another's business? If there's no response in a week, delete. My message is still in the inbox. So if he comes back in six months and says, oh, yes, I'd be interested, I can connect again. So because I sent that message, I haven't completely lost track of who they are once I disconnect. Yeah. By the way, they also know you viewed their profile if you're open. So I want to have a note. Um, so that's how I handle it. And it's pretty methodical at this point. People who you may have had a weak link connection with at one point, members of the same club, did not a deep relationship. So I never, not never, there are some people that I, I rarely disconnect from someone before I give them a chance to stay. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So Fred, y'all ought to know, he's got a great podcast that he was kind enough to have me as a guest on uh, late last year, uh, Banking on Disruption. And he is uh, very well connected to our good friend, Bryn Eric Cook. So I love Eric. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Eric is out there. He's so good. Um, but um, I like this concept and I'll go, I'll, I'll make a comment here. I know someone, a, a professional in banking who does a lot of work in banking, who I know very well, who many years ago took his Outlook connections and simp and this is before LinkedIn stopped this, and just sent out a connection to everybody. And he got- I did that. Day one. Yeah, 20 or 25,000 connections, but he doesn't know all these people. You know, I am very proud of the 14,333 connections that I have, but I built it one at a time. I, I To your point, uh, Charlie Green once told me, be yourself, everyone is taken, everyone else is taken. So I've, I've lived that message forever and I am authentic. And so when I do a connection request, it's always with a comment or, or a, a, you know, a little commentary, how I know you. Uh, I always say thank you and et, et cetera. Um, and I, I want to talk about withdrawing your connections too, because a lot of people don't know about that either, Bryn. But my point is that, you know, the fact that you have 30,000, I have 14,000 is irrelevant to most people. But what's relevant is if you are going to do podcasts like Fred does, or if you're going to do events, if you or if you want to send a message, let's say that Chris Nichols posts a great article, and I want to send that out to uh, Fred today, or Chris Caldwell up in, in, in Vermont, I can't do that unless I'm first degree connected with Chris, neutral right. sales navigator. Let's forget sales navigator. So, But if I am, I can send a message. So therefore, 
in your market, what's that number? Is it 722? If they're the 722 most important connections in your marketplace, then those are the people that you need to connect with. Here's another mistake I think bankers make. They connect with the CEO, but they don't go deeper. They don't connect with the CFO, the more head of marketing, the head of HR, the head of production. We need to get deep and wide into those kinds of connections. And that's really, um, really important. But I want to go back to two, two points, Bryn. Um, one is a personal message. LinkedIn has changed the number of characters you can do on the free service. You can co co comment on that. And the second thing is withdraw connections. A lot of people don't even know you can do that. Where do I go? How, what, why would I want to withdraw them? All right. Well, let's start with how upset I am with LinkedIn right now. <laughs> uh, duly noted. They have made they've made lots of mistakes in my mind. And I love LinkedIn. I you know I should not. Um, what's what's the phrase? Bite the hand that feeds you. Uh, so I'll have to be very. But you know, every once in a while, they if you are not paying, they limit the amount of connections. Not, not just connections you can make, which is true, but also the characters in the message to these connections. Here's the challenge. They are encouraging more cold calling without a message. And they're doing that with the lowest beginner level of user because they're not paying. So in my mind, they should have you I'm okay with limiting the number to 100 a week I think is what it is I'm okay with that if you you can't manage more than that but the fact that after 10 you can no longer send a personal message drives me nutty because now they're creating bad habits in their users so LinkedIn if you're listening and when we have our catch-up call <laughs> it's top on my list um, but, but, uh, the other piece, so part of there's LinkedIn and I don't know how it thinks in the background, but you know, you hear of people getting shut down for doing the wrong thing, mostly automation, um, that you're affected by how many searches and it's kind of random and we don't really know how, um, they think that there is one person in the world that understands how LinkedIn thinks better than anyone else. And his name is Richard Vonderblum. I just joined his community. Like I signed up. He's like, why are you signing up to learn about LinkedIn when you do that? I'm like, cause you're brilliant and I want to hear it all. So Richard Vonderblum, thank you. So follow him, find him on LinkedIn or message me and I'll send you a link. Um, but he's really the only LinkedIn mind reader that we know because of all the um, exercises that he does. But let's go back to why would you withdraw an invitation? Well, when you go in to manage your network, um, you can see all the ones. There's a sent column where you can see everyone that you sent a mess, uh, an invitation out to. And every once I go in there and I'm like, gosh, I sent an invitation to this person three months ago. They haven't responded. I can withdraw. And LinkedIn will say you can't send them another one for three weeks, but you can. Sometimes it's a day or two. Sometimes it's right away. Again, not consistent. But if they let you send it, it goes. We've we've checked that. So it's so you can withdraw and then 
when it allows you, we'll send another invitation and then you go to the top of their list. A lot of times it's simply they're not using LinkedIn a lot and they missed your invitation. Mm -hmm. So by withdrawing it and sending it again, uh, it's it's that's the best reason to withdraw. The other is you don't want to have hundreds of outstanding connection requests. It's kind of telling LinkedIn that people are ignoring you. So again, I don't know how they think, but I'm pretty sure that would hurt you. Yeah. And, and I, I would also add to that. Um, so question I get all the time is, because I tell them you have 30,000 connections and they go, oh, that's impressive. And it is. Um, but but what do you do? So there are people that have 30,000 connections. And I'd like you to talk about the, the power of connection versus the follow button. Um, and, and why would I connect versus follow someone? Maybe you can kind of talk about that a little bit. Sure. So, so connection is two ways. I ask you to connect and you say yes, or you ask me and I say yes. You can't have a one-way connection, but you can have a one-way follow. When you're connected with people, you it, assume based on their settings, you can see their connections. You can you have access to sending them unlimited messages. There are certain things that come along with a first degree connection. But for example, I follow Brene Brown. We're not first degree connections yet. Hi, Brene, if you're here. <laughs> <laughs> that would um, be awesome. Yeah, right. Um, but you know, so I follow her because I want to see her content because I love what she shares. So um, there, often I'll go out and if I have not had a conversation with someone I want to have a conversation with, I will follow them. I will ring their bell and it gives me an opportunity to engage. And then after I've engaged enough and they've engaged back, now it's appropriate to convert them to a connection. Yeah. And I would add this too. If you follow someone and they're, they're going to go in regularly and look and see who their followers are, they might connect, click on your profile and they go, well, that's a person in my industry. Maybe I ought to reach out and connect with them. And I've had, I've had people actually, uh, actually do that as well. Uh, I want to I want to make sure that we tee up next week, but I want to talk about. Um, so now I'm connected with you. You have I have several options to send you value. So talk about engagement once you get. Let's let's start right at right at the top. Someone connects with you. Now I want to re-engage. What should I do? So we want to start the conversation. I have a couple of welcome messages. If it's someone I don't know, I, I vet them, I look, I, there's no message, I don't know why they connected, but they're someone that if I were in a networking meeting, I would love to talk to. So I accept and I'll respond, you know, uh, Neil, thanks so much for your connection request. Uh, I'm looking forward to networking more with you. May I ask how you found me? Like, I'll start there. Remember, it's just a conversation. So um, most of the time, I'm going to get a response. So, you know, we talked about the reply without accepting, but now I'll accept, but I'm still going to ask, may I ask how you found me. To me, that is the best conversation starter on LinkedIn when you've been cold called. So, it, and sometimes, so for example, they might say, hey, I heard you on a podcast with Jack on YouTube. 
that was really good. I thought I'd reach out. And by the way, that was my last connection. So you, you know, right? Like, okay, yes, I want to, you know, that's great. And now, and then I'll say, hey, I'm not sure. It's actually kind of funny, but hey, I'm not sure if um, you're looking for more LinkedIn for banker content, but we do have a free library. I'm happy to send you a link. And then he responded, Jack already signed me up for that. So it was good, but so he was on, but that, but that was the authentic conversation, right? Hey, I didn't even spam him with the link. I said, Hey, if you're interested, let me know. I'll send you a link. So it's, it, it's really important that you're prepared. I do believe giving some kind or having some kind of gift. Ours is the public library. It's a huge gift, right? Like it's Christmas every day. Um, but I think it's like such good value, but have something of value that you can bring your customers. Maybe it's a piece of content that you got from Vertical IQ on their industry. So maybe it's a piece of content that you got from Vertical IQ on their customer, on the industry of their customer. That's a gift. That's a value. That's not about you. That's about them. Um, and you can see Vertical IQ is a sponsor, but we we love what they do. We would not have a sponsor that we didn't 100% agree in what, what they do. So I'm happy to say that. Um, if you don't have, if your bank doesn't have Vertical IQ, check it out. Um, it is one of the most powerful ways to start trust-based conversations without being salesy. So here's the trainer in me. We know our marketplace. We have vertical industries that we would like to do business in. We find those people in those vertical industries on LinkedIn, and now I connect with them. I use a personalized message. They connect with me. Terrific. Now I'm going to send a message to them. Um, thank you so much for connecting with me. Uh, I, I, I have a variety of ways I serve uh, uh, CFOs. I do have some content if you're interested. And then we start the conversation. But here's a subtlety that y'all ought to know. So I'll get connected with somebody and they'll send me a message, but they'll also send me a link or something else. Pull back from that, Bryn. Uh, this is something you taught me. Don't send the link right away because you're still getting permission. I'm still getting to know you a little bit. Right, right. So it's, it's, it's permission to send content. So um, what did you say that Neil does? He's the deposit king of deposit, the world. He's the deposit guru of America. So I might say, um, hey, Neil, thank, thanks so much for accepting my connection request. I noticed that you're the deposit king. Um, I'm, and now I might ask a question. So I could say, uh, I'm curious, are you, uh, I, I recently came across a podcast on how to build deposits. While I'm sure you know most of these tips, I'm wondering if you'd be interested in a link to it. I thought, you know, it was right up your alley. So I'm not assuming that he wants this, but he's going to go, oh my gosh, that's as personal as it gets, right? So, you know, ultimately, now I could do other things. I could say, hey, Neil, um, it looks like you are the deposit guru. We recently put out a poll asking, what do you think the future deposit products are, whatever, or, you know, the future of deposit? Are people going, 
into more money market? What do you see growing? Money market, CDs, I don't know, whatever you want to talk, or you know, bank deposit or checking account deposits. It's your world, not mine. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm going on this, right? And now you reach out and I could say, so Neil is someone who is really on the cutting edge of deposits in the banking industry. What do you think is the future of deposits? And now I ask you to vote on a poll. And now I start a conversation around your expertise. And I'm going to tell you, Jack, I would say four or five times in the last three years, I have created polls for one prospect. I am like, I, I want to engage them. I want to engage them on their thought leadership. And now I used it for others. But I was like, how do I start a conversation with this person? And the poll did it. The other thing is a video message, right? Neil, thanks so much for, for connecting with me on LinkedIn. Typically, I, get to, I like to get to know my network a little bit better. How are you using LinkedIn? Or I have a piece of content on the future of deposits. I'm going to put, I, well, I wouldn't post if I knew you well enough. This is if I'm going back to someone that I've had big, but in a welcome message, I would not post it. I'd ask permission, right? So, um, so Neil, thanks for connecting. Um, I, I noticed you're the deposit king. I recently came across a blog post on the future of deposits. Uh, if you're interested, let me know. I'm happy to send you a link. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and th this thing here, this thing here is so underutilized. Um, when you are a first level to first degree connection, you can send a video message. You can send an audio message and it is extremely underutilized and it's completely free. And I think we're going to one day on this Jack Rants, on, on a Jack Rants with Bryn, we're going to talk more about that and we might show people how to be able to do that. Well, we're running over and I want to talk about um, my guest next week on Jack Grants with Modern Bankers. And I want to talk about next week's topic because it's a great one. We have alluded to it a little bit, but anything final, I mean, certainly it's not final because we could spend hours talking about connections, but any other tips from the LinkedIn whisperer, Bryn Tillman, that you could give us before we close this out. So it's full circle what I started with, but slow down your outreach, personalize it, do a lot less, but a lot, this trust-based conversations, it's got to be one-on-one, -on -one, not mass cold outreach. It just doesn't work. And start building really strong network of people that know, like, and trust you. Perfect. Next week, how cool. Bryn mentioned Richard Vanderbloom. Um, there's another colleague that we know really well who's just outstanding at this, and his name is Kevin D. Turner. And next month, uh, next Wednesday at noon Eastern time, it's part one with Kevin D. Turner on Jack Grants with Modern Bankers. Part two is the following week. So, It'll be in the events page on my profile. You want to join, feel free to do that. Uh, you want to link to it, I'm happy to send it to you. It's also in our podcast, which is in our public library. And, and thanks to Bryn, I'm a YouTube star, so I'm on I'm on the YouTube. Bryn, next You're on the YouTube. I love it. I'm so cool on the YouTube. I think I'm the oldest human on YouTube. 
Um, so can I next- tell you what I did really quickly? Sure. I searched my smart TV for your name, and you are coming up on TV. Well, that's that's. Uh, yeah, too. By the way, that's an interesting, <laughs> yeah. interesting comment. Me on a smart TV. I'm, I'm not sure that's, but good, good. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, next week, Bryn, we're going to talk about leveraging LinkedIn free, leveraging versus LinkedIn free versus premium versus Sales Navigator. And we're getting very close to the point where LinkedIn's gonna make some modifications to Sales Manager or Sales Navigator. So you're gonna wanna be with us next week. Thanks for joining us, Bryn. Thanks for joining us, Jack. Oh my gosh, this is like so much fun. I enjoy this every single week and we had so much engagement, I love it. Yeah, me too. And if it's Thursday, it's Jack Rants with Bryn. See you next week, everybody. Thanks for joining us for Jack Rants with Brim, brought to you by our good friends at Vertical IQ and RelPro. We're live on LinkedIn every Thursday at noon Eastern time, helping bankers turn connections into conversations. Don't miss an episode. Visit themodernbanker.com slash TMB podcast. Leave us a review if you would. You can also listen to this program and the new Jack Rants with Modern Bankers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. We're on YouTube as well. Subscribe at youtube.com slash at the modern banker. Finally, don't forget, make today and every day a great client day. Mm-hmm.